powered by passion. It's National Auto Care's Fixed Ops 5 with your host, National Fixed Operations Training Manager, Corey Smith. Welcome to Fixed Ops 5. I'm your host, Corey Smith, National Fixed Operations Training Manager with National Auto Care. Today, I'm being joined by Lori Halter, owner of Charisma and host of Careering Podcast. How you doing, Lori? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me on today. I'm um, looking forward to talking about marketing to the dealership's customers. But yes. before we jump into this, I want you to tell me how you got into the automotive space. Yeah, people are usually surprised to hear this. I've been in automotive more than 20 years. Wow. And yeah, I started in 1999 with Chrome Data, if anyone in your audience even remembers that. And this was during the 2000s when everyone was adding .com to their name. Like, this is how much I'm dated back. <laughs> like, So at that point, it was Chrome.com. Worked there for three years and um, then just really felt this need to jump ship and start my own agency. I really, from the very beginning, have been an entrepreneur at heart and uh, wanted to start and it, of course, when I started my agency, I was like, oh, no, 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 I'm not going to stay in automotive. I'm definitely going outside. And here we are 20 years later. <laughs> we only do automotive technology. We work mainly with tech companies that sell into dealerships. And it has been quite a ride. I just got back from NADA. And um, man, I just the people and the relationships and the companies in this space. I just really, really love our industry. That's great. Uh, tell me a little bit about um, your careering podcast. I've listened to quite a few episodes. Oh, I love thank it. You. But give us the 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 basis of, of what it is. Sure. Yeah. So a couple heard. years ago, I think we're going into year three, which I feel so fortunate and blessed about. But a couple of years ago, I realized that there wasn't really a resource for people like me, women who loved our career, but also loved our family. And I feel very strongly that you can have both and you can do very, very well at both. And so careering really came out of this um, need and want to tell women that not only is it okay, but here's some tactics and strategies you can use to make your life easier while you crush your career and you crush your family. So the rearing part, the R-E-A-R, the idea is rearing your career and your family at the same time. And so we have uh, female guests on every other week. They talk about how they're doing it, how they make it work, how the balance, the work-life balance works for them, and then some tips and strategies on um, how to make that work for other female leaders in the audience. Yeah, that's it's a great podcast. And I got to tell you personally, I struggle with career and family, uh, yeah. that, that balance. So some of the topics that you've had on your podcast, I've actually written down and saying, okay, I got to get better at this. So I'm using it. So oh, that makes me so happy. Well, and you bring up a good point. You know, I've had a lot of men that are like, hey, I want to be a guest on your podcast. What the heck? Only females. <laughs> and I mean, the truth is, right, I think especially now with us all working from home, this whole work-life balance thing crosses all genders, you know, all industries. It, it really is something. And when I started, the pandemic hadn't even started. So that's been like a really interesting kind of piece of this whole thing. I started the podcast b before everyone was working from home and working remote. So we, it's been happening during that whole transition. So that's been really interesting. Yeah, that's great. So let's dive into this episode because it's, okay. it's very near and dear to, to my heart. And I, this is all the way in your wheelhouse. It's about <laughs> marketing to our customers. Yes. You know, from the dealership's perspective and, and what are some of the best practices? So here's our first question is, what are the best practices for a dealership to market to the new generation of customer, both sales and service? 
Yeah, I love this. And I love that you're including service as well, because I think a lot of people forget about service and these interviews. And really, if anything, we've seen over the last couple of years, service is really the heartbeat of the of the dealership, right? That's really your your main profit center is now becoming service. Mm -hmm. So that's important. But I think today's customer, there were two, there's two themes that we're seeing very clearly. Transparency is huge and meeting the customer where they're at. So I would say those are the two things. And so some of the trends that are going along with that are um, giving customer, allowing customers to come in anywhere along the way. So this, you're seeing a lot of this in the digital retailing um, products that are coming on the market now, whether it's the research stage on the website through to they're looking at, they've narrowed it down and now they're looking at options to some of them don't even want to come into the dealership anymore. They want their car delivered. I personally have been doing digital retailing for years. This is like my joke. So I have some good friends high up at Lithia. And so my last two cars I've leased, I've made them come to my house <laughs> and sign the paperwork and just deliver the car. So like, I'm like, I'm honestly like pretty much the founder of digital retailing, by the way, you guys, but <laughs> I would say just this ability for them to go in anywhere along the way, anywhere in the process and to have their needs met at that time. And I think one of the interesting things that are coming in that we haven't really seen come to fruition yet is how are these AI tools going to help us individually connect with every customer who's coming in the door. Because the truth is for most dealerships, there's a lot of customers, the ability to have an individual customer and know every single one, that's not realistic. So how can we use these AI tools to make each individual who's coming in feel like their individual needs are being met? I think we haven't even, that's like the tip of the iceberg right now. We haven't even seen what those tools can do yet for that. So a little parlay off to that question is, what is the service customer digitally doing, you know, to really engage with that, that dealership? Yeah. And I, I know, I know the, the big hot topic is, you know, Googling uh, oil changes on Kias or something like that. Yeah. And, and for the dealership to pop up there, that's yeah. one way. Right. But what, what right. are some other unique ways the dealership can, can kind of be noticed on that search? To get that I think, well, so search is really important. Yes. So I think, you know, just ge geo targeting and geolocation. And uh, one of the companies we work, Dealer Alchemist, says like almost, I think they said something like almost 80% of your organic paid advertising, or I'm sorry, your paid advertising is wasted because a lot of these dealerships are doing terms and paying for terms that people will already find them for. So if you're a Denver service appointment, don't be putting in GMB. Denver service. Like it's, you know, it's all, so I would say just be kind of creative with your terms, but even moving outside of finding the dealership, finding the dealership and finding the service department, there's a lot of new technology that's coming into the space that's helping show, again, getting back to this transparency theme, they're helping show within the vehicle specifically what is wrong, pictures, um, you know, uh, things are texted to the customer to show. Right. And so really this idea that like, we are there to really act as a guide and an advocate for that customer. And even, you know, in service, it's very difficult. Like the, um, the honesty part is really a problem. Most customers think that the service technicians are lying to them to upsell them on information. So I think the more, the more products that are coming into the space that can scan the vehicle, show pictures, send them text updates, that those are really going to help generate more leads for these service department drives. Oh, I love that. Well, let's go into this next question is, what is the future of marketing in the automotive space in your mind? Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, certainly digital, right? Like I talked to a bunch of folks and dealerships for like traditional is just, we, I don't even know if we do traditional anymore, you know, in terms of the print advertising and <laughs> right. TV. Although I will say what there's an interesting side situation going on right now with the streaming services. So I have heard from a couple of dealerships that they're like, the streaming services are creating a new opportunity for us to reach out to customers in a different way. But I think really, when I think of this question, Brian Kramer of Jermaine talks a lot about, um, kind of this Domino's model of helping customers. And the Domino's model, if you guys have ever ordered a pizza from Domino's, they have the tracker and it says like it's in the oven, it's getting packaged, your delivery driver has it. You can track it the entire way through. So I think we're moving more toward this tracker model and it gets back to those two transparency and meeting the customer where they're at. So the more dealerships, both in their service department and their sales department, can bring in products that help with transparency and helping the customer see all along the way where their transaction is happening and occurring, the better they'll be. So I think really that's our new marketing um, sort of dynamic, right, is just this ongoing tran transparency throughout the entire transaction. I really like that because most customers, we say that it's the top five biggest purchase that they make. Right? Yeah. And they, we also hear that the customers don't want to go to service. They'd rather go get to the dentist's office than go right, to service. Right, which is so sad. It I is. mean, I hate the dentist. I don't want to go to the dentist. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'd rather have my car worked on, to be honest. I'd with honestly you. rather go to the service department. <laughs> right. right. But it almost brings it almost brings down that anxiety of when am I going to get my car back? Yes. Right. Um, you're right. It yes. does give you more transparency and it, it, it creates less influx of phone calls coming in for no reason. Oh my gosh. I'll give you a personal example. Just as you were saying that this popped into my head. So the other day I went to get my car serviced. I was there right on time. They could not tell me when the car was going to get out. It was literally for like the 50 mile 50,000 mile service. So they sh really should have known, been able to tell me. Yep. Um, and I was running up against the phone call that I had to be on, on Zoom. And so I went up multiple times to the desk and just said, does anyone know where I am? I'm now 10 minutes away from my call. Does anyone know I'm now five minutes away from my call? And not only did they start getting like kind of jerky with me about how many times I had come up to ask, but if there had been some type of tracker like that, I could have really, like, I wouldn't have even bothered them. I would have mm -hmm. just had on my phone exactly the information I needed. And I could tell if I was going to get on the call, by the way, I was late to the call. So what the heck? <laughs> that, that's going to, that's a CSI issue for, from your yes, point of view. Yes, it is. And it makes you feel like you're not important. So if I'm not important to you, why would I go back? Right. Yep, A hundred percent. It's almost, if they don't tell you when it's going to be ready, you're going to come up with your own time when it's going to be ready. We're all instant gratification. You're creatures. so right. Right? You're so right. And I tend to uh, underestimate on that. So my time is not going to, my time is going to be shorter than the actual real time, mm -hmm. you know, so I'll be even more disappointed and frustrated. But as a ex advisor, when I first started out, I wouldn't tell the time because I didn't want to be held accountable because I wasn't totally sure. Get if, it. I wasn't sure if it was going to happen or not. Right. Imagine if we can create these trackers and if no one is creating this tracker right now, run from this podcast and go create this tracker, <laughs> go to Domino's and find out what's happening. But imagine how much better the service advisors would be treated if people actually had something like this and just were able to look it up themselves. Yeah. And, and I still think, you know, because I learned this the hard way 
that you should still give a customer. This is your check-in time, right? Yes. Just like when we go to the doctor's office, this is what time you, you your appointment is, but they have you fill out paperwork. So you don't really go to see a doctor at nine o'clock. Right. It might happen at 930. So Correct. if we prep the customer there and say, your service is going to be an hour and a half. It is now nine o'clock. Your car is going to go in at 920. Yes. And hold yourself accountable to that. Right. Yes. And then if it doesn't come true, guess what? I reach back out to you uh, 45 minutes later saying, hey, um, we've fallen behind. Here's why. I really apologize. But it's actually not going to be done um, until two hours. Right. right. From right. when I wrote you up at nine. Right. And you know, the consumer doesn't love to hear that, but I'll tell you what, it's a heck of a lot better than coming back an hour and a half later, having not been communicated with, and then told that your car is going to be another half hour to 45 minutes. I mean, you know, I I would rather have someone be honest with me from the beginning. So my expectations are set correctly. Yep. Oh, that's perfect. I I love that. So let's get a tracker model going. Okay, guys, whoever you developers out there, go figure out the tracker, please, for all of us. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so what if a dealership doesn't have a lot of inventory because we've seen this, yes. throughout, you know, the last couple of quarters, should they still be running ads and should they still have a marketing campaign? Yeah. A hundred percent is the answer. So think of it. And of course, you know, I'm a marketer. So everyone's probably like, oh, of course she's saying a hundred percent, but I kind of think of it as like what Warren Buffett says, right? When everybody's leaving the market, that's the time when you go in right. on the stocks. Right. And so this is the same idea for marketing. If you have your competitor down the street not marketing right now, guess what? You should probably be marketing right now. Okay. It's now is the time to grab that market share. And the messages don't shouldn't be uh you know come look at our inventory because you don't have it. But maybe the messages can be uh pre-order for what you want or maybe the messages are hey we're we're doing a service special for all of those, by the way, people are looking for fuel efficient vehicles right now because fuel is through the roof. So maybe there's a service special on fuel efficiency or, you know, whatever it is. I think it, the key here is when people are not advertising because times are good, that's actually when you should be doing your power play and moving in and getting the, your share of the market. Do you think they should be more creative than in years past uh, because of the image? I mean, let's hope so, because the ads have been boring as heck. I'm hoping so. <laughs> I mean, I think what I've seen work best and speaking with dealerships, it's really, and when we talk about marketing, it doesn't have to be ads. Like I have, I was speaking to a dealership. This is so cool. They track every cust- service customer's anniversary, wedding anniversary, and send a gift with a card what? from the dealership. Can you imagine getting a gift? from your local dealership saying, hey, happy anniversary. Here's a bottle of champagne on us. I mean, I was like, that is brilliant. That is brilliant. My next car from that person. We're going to have to talk about that. It's completely unexpected. The guy who was telling us was from a dealership, and but he had actually received it from his, from a different dealership who he bought a vehicle from. And so the, and he said this in a room full of people that just the amount, the amount of, um, you know, word of mouth alone that that one thing generated and how much really is a small gift that you send out to each of your customers to remember their wedding anniversary. I mean, that's, you know, I thought he meant the anniversary of being with the store. I was like, oh, that's a great idea. And he said, no, 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 my wedding anniversary. I got it for my wedding anniversary. And I was wow. like, oh my gosh. So I think this goes back to at the beginning of the program, us talking about how can you individualize 
your marketing for each of these customers. Now that's an extreme example, but can we use AI and some of these other tools to really make people feel like we know them, we know their family and we know their needs. Those are going to be the winning providers. I, I really like that. And it's, it's, it goes back to being on top of mind, right? Yes. I mean, yes. Coke and Pepsi are everywhere. Why? Right. Why do they spend billions of dollars on advertising when realistically, if I'm thinking about it, do they really need to? Right. In, their, in their mind, they have to because they want to be on top of mind. So if you, if your dealership, if you want your clients to be on top of mind, do those little things. Yep. And I, I love that idea. I mean, the person I bought the, the house from uh, that we live in sends yeah. us birthday cards, anniversary for, for so us cool. and our home. And, and my wife's like, why does he do that? I'm like, because if we ever hear of anybody that wants to sell a house, we can say, oh, use our guy. Right. And you probably have, right. You probably have done that. Subconsciously. I probably have. Yeah. Yeah, I'll bet you, you have, I mean, you're talking about this with me, so it's made an impact and you've probably had that discussion with other people as well. Yeah. You're probably right. What else, what else should the dealership market other than the cars that they sell? Okay. So this question, I'm going to, I'm going to skew slightly if you're okay with this. Well, I'll answer it and then I'll, I'll tell you. So what they should be marketing if they're not selling a service, 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 right? Right now, everything should be service. Um, and then promoting any local uh, community giving you're giving that you're doing. That's a big one. Like if you're doing any charity, if you're all the social media, um, your client wins, these are all things that you can talk about. But I really want to kind of move that pivot, that question to the number one things dealers should be focused on right now while things are good. Dealers just, by the way, came off of their most profitable year ever after the pandemic, after the fuel crisis, after the chip crisis. So while times are good, they need to be developing their people because the other thing we're finding, right, is the technician shortage. Very hard to get people in. The other day, and going back to my example of the service drive, I was so frustrated. The guy did not handle it well. The service technician did not handle it well. And I was like, well, it's just tough right now to get good people. That's not what we're looking for from a customer's experience coming into your dealership. So take this time while things are good, invest in training. Well, say, oh, I'm giving you a, like, I'm giving you props without even realizing it, Corey. I love it. I love it. (laughs) But no, like invest in training, invest. What can you do for your people? And it can be such easy things. Can you give out tickets to a local attraction where the, your employees can take their families. Mm. Can you maybe say you guys have done a great job. So everybody gets a, an extra day on their PTO or, I'm, you know, it can be just little things, but I think right now, while times are good, let's really invest in our people. I love that. I love that. Well answered. I like that a lot. Thank you. <laughs> so we're right up against the time. So I'm, I'm going to jump right into this. What are okay. three takeaways from this episode in your mind that a service advisor, an agent that works outside of the dealership, someone within the dealership's leadership team, or even an owner can take away from this episode? Yeah, I think transparency. Think through your whole process. How can you make things more transparent for the customer? Um, Second would be people, just people capital. Really think through this next quarter to six months. How can you improve your people capital? And then the third would just be, um, you know, do not stop marketing. Take now, make now the time to grab market share while your competitors are not using this time to grab market share. And then when times start to get lean again, you've already built up that foundation and you'll be in good shape. Oh, I love that. Great. Well said. So Lori, I saw this uh, quote from you saying, I want everyone to feel better 
after an interaction with me than when they came. Yeah. This is so true. Every time I've interacted with you, I always walk away feeling better about myself, about my situations, and I learn more. That is so nice. Thank you. That is, you could not have given me a better compliment, Corey. Thank you so much. <laughs> well, I, it is so true. And, and anyone that hasn't checked out your podcast or gotten in touch with you or connected with you on LinkedIn, I'm telling you all right now, do it. <laughs> you will be thanking me for it later on. Uh, I'm so thankful that our paths have crossed. And I really appreciate you being on this podcast. I feel um, the same way. Thank you so much for having me on. Thank you. If you want to deliver a legendary customer experience that keeps your customer coming back to you and encouraging them to invite their friends, their family into your establishment, then you've caught the gold standard customer service vision. Do you want a more cohesive team that delivers a higher level of customer service that will result in more revenue for your dealership? We provide the tools, knowledge, and training needed to unlock that potential of your dealership. For more information on this topic and others, order, submit a question, or to be a guest on the show, feel free to send me an email at csmith at nationalautocare.com. Lori, that is all the time that we have for today. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for being a part of this episode. And I'll end like I do with every episode, with every guest. Will you please come back? Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on. And this was the best half hour I've spent all week. All right. <laughs> Thank you for watching and listening to National Auto Care's Fixed Ops 5 with Corey Smith, powered by Passion. Be sure to watch and listen to the next episode on the 5th and 20th of every month.